From the book of Mark, chapter 6 and verse 34, And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion for them, because they were sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So we see that the master was moved with compassion, and so he started teaching them and tending to the flock. Jesus said of himself in John 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. He didn't say I'm the bad shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd and that the good shepherd gives his life for who? He gives his life for the sheep and we are the sheep of his pasture. Now, in the natural realm, we know that a good shepherd tends and feeds his sheep. I believe that there's no greater reward, no greater satisfaction than that of seeing his sheep contented, well-fed, and flourishing, and under the care of the shepherd. You know, a natural shepherd makes sure that there's green pastures. A natural shepherd makes sure that their sheep are free from infections and free from wolves and free from parasites, things that would enter in and try to upset the sheep. Aren't you glad that the... Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd, and he offers protection from the enemies, and he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord, our healer, a natural shepherd from morning till dawn and all night long tends and looks after the sheep. But I'm so glad my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, our shepherd, hallelujah, he never slumbers, he never sleeps, and the eyes of the good shepherd, they're running to and fro. They're running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect or on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Hallelujah. Listen, friend, there's nothing that you're going through. There's nothing that you have been through. There's nothing that you will go through that is hidden from the eyes of whom we have to do. And not only does he see you in, in your particular need and test and trial, the scripture says that he ever is alive at the right hand of the Father, is our high priest, is our mediator, is our great intercessor. He sees our need and he prays for you. As a matter of fact, he's praying right now for you. Come on, somebody, shout. So I just want to encourage you this morning, keep walking. Even though you might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, don't you dare be afraid because him, hallelujah, that is on the throne is on the inside of you and he's going to see you through to the other side. Amen. Keep walking by trust. Just trust him. I believe this, that a perfect heart is a heart that is faithful to him, a heart that is sold out to him, and a perfect heart is a heart that is filled with trust and a heart that is filled with faith. Somebody says, yeah, but in the natural, I'm not perfect. If you're looking at yourself after the eyes of the flesh, that's true. But if you look at yourself through the eyes of God and through the eyes of in Christ truths, you'll discover that you are complete in him. And he is the head of all principality and power. You will discover that you've got right standing with the shepherd. Say with me, I have right standing with the shepherd. So let's look over at Psalms 23. I want you to read this with me. We see a beautiful picture of energy and metaphors about the shepherd caring for his sheep. How that he guides, how that he comforts, 
Hallelujah, not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. Are you ready to read? Let's read and rejoice. Ready, read. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Woo, glory. Amen. You've got a forever dwelling place. A forever dwelling place. But all along life's pathway, you've got something following you. And what is that? It's the good shepherd following you. It's the good shepherd leading you. And goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. David penned these words. And he had experienced the goodness of God and the care of the Lord for so many years. As a matter of fact, theologians say that he penned this in the wilderness of Mahanaim when he was on the run from his son Absalom. Think about that. His son was chasing him. His son was after him. That's not a good day. But it was right in the midst of David's darkest hours that he penned these incredible words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He didn't say the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. He didn't say the Lord is my shepherd. I'm full of want. He said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, David knew this. David knew that in his darkest hour from past experience that his great shepherd could be counted on. He took out the lion. He took out the bear. He took out Goliath. And even though when he was in that cave, he might have felt all alone, he penned these words knowing that he serves a shepherd that sustains, a shepherd that cares for him, a shepherd that watches over him. Our shepherd is a sustaining shepherd. So I encourage you to cast all your cares upon him. Cast all your burdens upon him. And he will sustain you. Because he is the one that's upholding the whole universe by the mighty word of his power. Hallelujah. I can't help but shout. This is the second time I preached this. God was like a shepherd to David. And David was like a sheep to God. Isaiah 40 says... That he is, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs with his arm. Hebrews 13.20 says that Jesus Christ is the shepherd of the sheep. 1 Peter 2.25 says that Jesus is the bishop and he is the overseer of our souls. That's so awesome. He is overseeing your life. He knows what might be going on in the city of your soul. 
He knows the storms. He knows the floods. He knows the terrain. And he lives on the inside of you. The one who said, peace be still on that boat lives on the inside of you. And he's overseeing your soul. And if you will allow him, he'll give you a peace that passes understanding. He will cause his fearlessness and his boldness and his courage to rise up on the inside of you. If you let God be God, all your enemies will be scattered. Amen. Say with me, he's the God of peace. And I'm trusting him today. One commentator says in Israel, as in other ancient societies, a shepherd work was considered the lowest of all works. If a family needed a shepherd, it was always the youngest son, like David, who got this unpleasant assignment. But Jehovah has chosen to be our shepherd. David says this, the great God of the universe has stooped to take such great care of you and me. Hallelujah. That is such good news. As we walk with him. He's going to help us in every area of our lives. Now, I want you to notice that David said this. The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, this is something that was very personal to him. He was a very real and personal shepherd to David himself. You can make him your shepherd today. You may be saved, but maybe you've tried to go about your own life and go your own plans, living out of your intellect rather than living out of the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. You can make him your personal shepherd. Spurgeon says this. He said, I shall not want is both a declaration and a decision. I shall not want means all my needs are supplied by my shepherd. Hallelujah. Make this decision every day of your life. That when you get up in the morning, you're going to acknowledge him. See, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. You know, sometimes we think we are just so smart. But how many of you have got the revelation sometime in your life that God's a whole lot smarter than you? He's already gone before. He knows the terrain. He knows the future better than you know the past. So I encourage you to wake up every morning with a conscious decision. Lord Jesus, I submit this day to you. I love you. I know that you love me and that you care for me. And so this day, I acknowledge you in all my ways. I acknowledge you in my traveling ways on the way to work. I acknowledge you at the BART station. I acknowledge you in these decisions I need to make today. I put you first. I proclaim. Say it with me. The Lord is. The Lord is. He is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Amen. And then he goes on to say, I shall not want. I shall not want. Let's look at this from a couple different translations this morning. The New Living Translation says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The NIV says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack for nothing. 
Today's Living Bible says, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Hallelujah! It's because He's your shepherd and that you are entirely cared for that you just got to know this, that everything is going to be all right. Yeah, but pastor, things have never looked so wrong. We serve a master that can turn every wrong disaster into the right way for you. Trust him. Put your confidence in him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What shall you not want for? Well, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for joy. Because the joy of the Lord, it's what? You got to help me out a little bit. Because the joy of the Lord is what? It is my strength. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for wisdom. Now, why is that? Simply because Jesus has become unto you wisdom. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want for righteousness. Because he's your righteousness. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for strength. He's strengthening me right now. He's strengthening me more than you'll ever know right now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's strengthening me with might. He's strengthening you with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Some of you are going to eat sooner or later. Hallelujah! Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for redemption. Think about it. Have you not been redeemed? Have you not been delivered? How about today? Are you not yet being delivered? And what about the future? Shall you not yet be delivered? Oh, hallelujah. The psalmist said like this, that he redeems my life from destruction. If you look up that word, he redeemeth my life from destruction, that is in the continuous sense. You see, you've been redeemed, but whatever you might face this week, there's rescue and there's saving power from the good shepherd every day of your life. Remember that this week. Remember that on the inside of you, you've got the greater one. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you'll never face difficulties. Turn to John 16, 33, and look at this from the Amplified Version. Look at here, and let's feed on this for just a moment. He says, I've told you these things, so that in me you might have perfect peace, or shalom, shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken, and in me you might have trust or confidence. He said, now in the world there's going to be some tests, there's going to be some trials, there's going to be some distress and frustration, but be of good cheer... Do what? Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Why? For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Say it with me. Nothing can hurt me. Because he has deprived it of its power to harm me. And not only that, but notice that last phrase. He says, I have conquered it for who? I've conquered it for you. The good shepherd 
has conquered this world system, which is a much lower system than the kingdom of God system. He has deprived it of its power, and he's conquered it for you. That's personal, isn't it? He hasn't just conquered it for Pastor Tom. He hasn't just conquered it for Brother George. He's conquered this world for you. He's conquered the law of sin and death for you. That's right. Come on. Amen. Amen. It's been defeated. It has been destroyed. It has been dissolved of its power to hurt you or harm you. Amen. No wonder Paul said this. But nay in all these things. What are some of these things that Paul faced? Too numerous to number. Too numerous to talk about. But he faced some things. But he said, in all these things. I'm still more than a conqueror. Through him that loves me. Amen. And so we understand this. That you and I have been placed on the inside of us. This world overcoming power. This world overcoming faith. Whereby we get the victory. So get up every morning and tell the Lord you trust him. Get up every morning and tell him you love him. Amen. Now let me ask you a question. How many have ever faced the lies of the enemy? And the lies sounded something like this. You can't take that job. You're not smart enough. Or you can't, you can't go there. You can't afford that. Who, who are you? Or how about this? You're not going to be able to finish the day. You're just so weak. Ah, who are you? You don't even have a high school education. Who do you think you are? Declaring the promises of God. You? Prosperous? Are you kidding me? Those are lies straight from the city of hell. Coming to the city of your soul. But we can combat every lie with the truth. If we will learn to resist the lies of the devil, they will flee from us. Now look with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Get these words out of your vocabulary. I can't. I don't have enough. I can't do it. There's no way. The devil is the author of no way. Jesus said that what? I am the way. Amen. Now this verse came alive to me way back in 1975. You know my testimony. I came out of a hard drug background. And the Lord so graciously came and visited me while I was in a treatment center. I was in a state hospital for months. And my mind was just about gone. My body was just about gone. But the Lord saw me. Hallelujah. He was watching over me. And someone handed me a chick track. Hallelujah. And I went forward to an evangelistic meeting and I got me some salvation. Hallelujah. I got saved. Now... One of the biggest things that was bombarding my soul in the area of spiritual warfare was the lies of the enemy that I was going to lose my mind and that I was going to go back on drugs and that you would never, ever see your 30th birthday. I was in my young 20s there. The enemy lied to me so much while I was in the state hospital because I was in the state hospital with people that were lifers. And so there was a lot of activity, demonic activity, going on in the state hospital. And so those little lies started lodging in my soul. But then I got saved. 
And then I started getting the word. But I found a, a vert. How many of you know that one word from heaven? In, in your darkest hour, one word from heaven can literally change your life forever. It can literally turn your life completely and entirely around. I'm telling you, it's happened to me. And so, you know, when you're in a treatment center for a number of months, it's time to test your wings. Now, I got a job while I was there. I was loading trucks, and I worked for Ginio Turkey. I'm not a turkey, but I work for Ginio Turkey. And I was loading trucks up, and I was doing, you know, what they told me to do. I was doing the steps and doing the work. And, and then I got saved. But then it was time for me to have a pass and to leave the state hospital and go back to the city I grew up in, which was Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I'm telling you, the day of that pass, the day that I was about to board that Greyhound bus to go see my parents, there was spiritual warfare. And it was strong and it was heavy. But I found me a verse of Scripture. And I said over and over again, there is a blessing in believing and saying. I didn't even really know that I was doing it because I hadn't heard a message yet on faith. But the spirit of faith was on the inside of me. And I started believing this word that I read. And I started saying this word that I read. And I said it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. All the way on that hundred mile trip from Wilmer, Minnesota to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And by the time I got to Minneapolis, I was enveloped with a shield and with an anointing and with the glorious grace of God. And here's what the scripture was. It was Philippians 4.13. First, I'm going to quote it to you from the King James Version, which says, I can do all things. Don't let the devil tell you you can't. Because I'm telling you, success comes in cans. I can do all things. I can go back to the city and not do drugs. I can go back to the city and not hang out with former friends. I can do all things. But not in and of myself. I can only do it through Christ. And listen, friends, it's in Him we live, and it's Him we move, and it's Him we have our being. The only way that we can go about our lives is through Christ. I can do all things, I said over and over again to myself. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. But not only that, and Christ Jesus, the anointed one and the anointing one, started strengthening me. I'm telling you, something came upon me. It was the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will come upon you when you believe and speak what God's Word says about you. I'm telling you, He'll give you a rhema word for the season that you're going through. And as you take it and tend to it and speak it, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and cause you to triumph. Now, how does this relate to today? Because the devil hasn't changed. He'll tell you no way. He'll tell you you can't. He'll tell you you're too weak. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough education. You need to put all that stuff under your feet. And here's what you need to do. And here's what you need to say. Read the Amplified Version with me. Say it with me. I have strength. Now stop right there. He didn't say I have strength for some things. He said I have strength for what? All things. 
Even going to visit your relatives, you have strength for all things. Even facing Monday morning clock-in, check-in time, you got strength for all things. Come on, somebody. Even though you might be facing a big test in school, you have strength for all things. Now notice that it's in Christ. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you, who empowers me. He said this, he said, I am ready for anything, and I'm equal to anything through him. Now notice this. What does he do? He infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient. I want you to get this in your heart, church. Friends, I want this to be real big in your heart. That there is nothing that your good shepherd will lead you to do that you cannot do. You can't go apart from the good shepherd. Whatever he's leading you to do and guiding you to do, it's an empowerment for you to be able to do it. But you've got to believe that. Perhaps maybe you've gone back to school after not being in school for several years, and the enemy's telling you there's no way that you can remember. I got a verse of scripture for that too. I have the mind of Christ. I have a sound mind. I have a calm and a well-balanced mind of discipline and self-control. Okay, everybody? Y'all ready? Set real strong. I can. I, can. I, will, I will. Do all things, do all things. This, week, this week through Christ, through Christ. who strengthens me. Strengthens me. Say it with me. He's strengthening me right now. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Pasorenishte basaya. Hallelujah. Your words go before you. Your words go before you out into your future. Hallelujah. And they chart your course. So say my word, believe my word, and see my word come to pass in your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As you can tell, I'm excited about this. You know why? Because I believe it. I know what the Lord's done for me. And I can look through all the last 40-some years of ministry. I can look and I can see what the Lord has done in others. I'm looking at a group of people. We can truly say, He has done great things. (laughs) He has done great things. (laughs) He's done great things. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, what I've been believing for, I haven't got my breakthrough yet in this area. Forget that. Start thanking Him for it. But thank Him for what He's already done. I said, thank him for what he's already done. If you want to increase your potential to receive from God, be thankful for what he's already done. Amen. Now, in closing this, this morning, I have a very important word that I want you to see and that I want you to get. Who will give me a few more minutes today? Well, that's more than half of you, so I'll take it. Thank you. All right. Go with me to John 10. There's a revelation in here I think that will help you. Say it with me. He's my good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for? He gives his life for the sheep. Now notice with me in John chapter 1, or John chapter 10, verse 1. He said now here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, what is he? The same as what? How many of you know when you come in the right way, you you come in the front door? 
You know, when I was a teenager, I used to sneak out of the house. I used to wait till the jets would go over my home so my parents couldn't hear. I'd run down the stairs. And then about five in the morning, I'd sneak in the back door. That's not the right way. That means that Pastor Mark, at that time, Barney, was up to no good. <laughs> but when you come in the right way, you're not sneaky. Now, that has to do with the house, but it also has to do with the church. You know, a good shepherd can smell a wolf miles away. And my wolf skills are good. I know how to take care of them. But you just know something's not right. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. But, oh, Jesus, he came in the right way. I said Jesus came in the right way. He came in through the front door. Matter of fact, he says, I am the door. In verse 2, it says, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his what? Now, never say ever again if you said it. I just can't seem to hear his voice. School yourself into faith and say this regularly. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Say it with me. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. How do you know whether it's the voice of God or the voice of the stranger? The voice of the stranger will always be strange and eerie, and mysterious, and it'll never line up with the Word. Now listen, one thing you know about the Spirit of God and the Word of God, they will always be in agreement. So as one of the sheep of His pasture then, we hear His voice. And then it goes on to say, and He calls His own sheep by name. Man, I like that. I have two sons, Brenda and I do, John and James, the sons of thunder. And we know them by name. We know the granddaughters by name. Two of them are in the womb of our two daughter-in-laws. We know them by name. And Jesus, from before the foundation of the world, before you were ever born, and by the way, you were not a mistake that you were born. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are created in the image and likeness of God. So settle that right now in your spirit, and he knows your name. He knows your address. He knows what you like to eat. We're going to be doing that pretty soon, too. He knows us by name. And not only that, but he leads us out. He leads us out. He'll lead you out. And he leads them out, and he knows us by name. Verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5. And a stranger they'll not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And this parable spake Jesus unto them. But they understood not the things which were spoke unto them. And then said Jesus unto them again, Truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. 
All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, read it with me, please. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find what? So the good shepherd leads you to the right pasture. Now, here's some things I want you to see. I want you to grab hold of this. So listen very carefully. All that was said in verses 1 through 9 leads us to verse 10. But 1 through 9, the summation of that is this, is that the Lord Jesus Christ is our good shepherd. Amen? So let's seal it with this. Say it with me. Jesus is my good shepherd. He speaks to me. I know his voice. And he leads me out. Now, this is all building up to verse 10. And lots of times we've quoted verse 10. But if you look at the entirety of John chapter 10, and you'll understand the context of verse 10, you'll see a correlation between being his sheep and hearing from him. Read verse 10 with me. It says this, that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy But I've come. I've come that they might have life. And have it more abundantly. So didn't Jesus clearly delineate between the thief and him? I mean, there's a line in the sand. That which steals, kills, destroys, is demonic. That which brings life and abundant life is the Lord. Amen. Now, this word abundant, if you were to look for one word to define what the word abundant means, it means overflow. Anything to do with any area of your life, it is the will of God for you to experience an overflow. Overflow. Overflow of strength. Overflow of joy. How about overflow of an awesome marriage? Amen? Somebody says, yeah, we've been married 30 years, Pastor, and it's, it's pretty good. Well, why not go from pretty good to awesome good? And why not go from awesome good to exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think? Amen. And so this word abundant means overflow. Now, here's what I want you to see. And that is this. There is no real abundant life without knowing The voice of the good shepherd. There is no real abundant life without following him. There is no real abundant life until you and I give him complete access. Access. What do you mean access? Access to speak to us. Access to lead us. Access to guide us. Because quite frankly, too many times we go our own way. But if you will submit to your good shepherd and say, Lord, I thank you that you've come to give me life and an abundance of it, and I just give you complete access to my life. You know, oftentimes we think that he's got total access, but in many cases, he only has partial access. We should get rid of the boundaries with God. Just like the children of Israel, the scripture says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Why? 
they are overthrown in the wilderness because of their limitations. What do you say this morning? We take the limits off of God and give Him complete and total access. If you will give Him access to you, He will give you access into greater grace and greater things in the future that your mind could barely comprehend. You see, the scripture says that by faith that we access this glorious grace. Amen. And so let us say it this way. We're having abundant life because we're giving him complete access. Now, in closing this this morning, I want to share with you just a couple other thoughts. In verse 3, we looked at it again. It says, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leads them out. He leads them out. He knows us by name. How many of you know that he not only brings you out, but he wants to bring you in? At the same time he brings you out, he simultaneously brings you in. Hallelujah. It started when he brought you out of darkness. Look at John chapter uh, 5 and 24 in the Amplified Version. He brought you out of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his dear son. And notice with me, he says, I assure you, and most solemnly I tell you, the person whose ears are open to my words, who listens to my message and believes and trusts in and clings to and relies on me, who sent me, possesses now eternal life. And he does not come into judgment. He does not incur sentence of judgment. He will not come under a cloud of condemnation. But he has already passed over out of death into where? He's passed out of death into life. Now look at the message translation of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. I want to read this one together. Ready, read. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference. Verse 10. From nothing. Let's just keep that up there right now. Where'd you come from? I came from nothing. Where'd he bring you? Something. (laughs) What were you? Rejected. But what are you now? Hallelujah. He brought you. He brought you from nothing. To something. You know, the religious leaders of that day, when Jesus passed by one, one day, the religious leaders of that day didn't want anybody, you know, to touch Jesus. They were upset because Jesus was roaming around and doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But the Bible says there came a little woman and she had an issue of blood. And this woman with the issue of blood, she had gone to many physicians And the scripture says that she was nothing better, but she got worse. That's not a good thing. I mean, to spend every penny that you have and not get any better, but get bad and worse, that's awful. But the Bible says that she came 
in the press behind. And she touched the hem of his garment. And immediately when she touched the hem of the good shepherd's garment, virtue or healing miracle power went out of him. And it says he knew in himself that power or virtue had gone out of him. Mark says it like this, that he said, who touched my clothes? But Luke says it like this. I know somebody touched me. Somebody has touched me. See, this woman with the issue of blood may have been a nobody to the crowd. She may have been a nobody to all the religious leaders. But to Jesus, she was somebody. And you may be a nobody to some of your relatives. And you may be somebody that came from nothing. And you may feel like a nobody. But Jesus said, you ain't a nobody. You are a somebody. You are no longer rejected. You are the accepted in the beloved. Come on, saints. Carry yourself with the dignity of a born-again, empowered, spirit-empowered believer. Carry yourself. Put your shoulders back. Know who you are in Christ. And know that you are somebody. And the good shepherd has some awesome things for you. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. He said, I've got plans to prosper you. I've got plans for your welfare. He says, your outcome is going to be awesome. If you'll just lay aside the weights and lay aside the worry... And you just come to me and touch the hem of my garment with your faith and trust you. I'll take you out of death into life. I'll take you out of debt into debt freedom. I'll take sickness out of your body and take you into a place of divine health. I'll take you out of having a mediocre marriage to an awesome marriage. Hallelujah. You see, you're a good shepherd cares for you. And he's here today to touch your life. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You are here and we're going to be in an attitude of prayer now.